and welcome to a new episode of Behind the Grand Podcast. We're your hosts, I'm Paige. And I'm Niharika. Today, we're joined by Rashid from MSC Legal, which is a local Melbourne firm based in the inner north. Their boutique model creates accessibility for their clients and allows them to provide exceptional service as well as ongoing care and support. Upon a bit of website research, we found that not only is Rashid a passionate and hardworking lawyer, but his commitment to the law led him to the opportunity to meet the Duke and Duchess of Sussex in his capacity as a young Victorian leader. Look, I'm not the biggest Royals fan, but I was rather starstruck when I read this. Well, The Crown is one of my favourite shows, so I can't say I'm the same page, but let's stop thinking about the Royals and let Rashid introduce himself. Of course. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Firstly, I'd just like to thank you for having me on the podcast. My name is Rashid Lashka. For all the viewers, I am a lawyer. I work at MSC Legal on Sydney Road in Coburg. I'm also involved in a lot of community work. Um, I'm involved in a lot of mixed martial arts as well. I've got. A, I recently got married to the love of my life, so ah. just got back. Just got back from my honeymoon. Um, oh, that's so exciting! So, yeah, um, I'm twenty four years old, turning 25 this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's me. No, that's a, that's a great, great introduction. You've clearly got a lot of facets going on, which I'm sure we'll be excited to ask you more about. We'll start off basically with our informal questions that we kind of always do. And the first one's just, sure. what's your favourite coffee order? We know that it can be quite a controversial question. That is very controversial, and I'm going to give you a controversial answer. I'm, I'm not really much of a coffee drinker. I'm more of an energy drink kind of person. Green Vs, no sugar Vs, the blue ones, the red ones. <laughs> is it exclusively Vs, like Red Bull doesn't particularly fancy? Yeah, look, Red, red Bull is okay. I feel like it's a bit dark. I, <laughs> it doesn't give me any wings, I don't feel. If I am to drink coffee, I'd yeah. probably go for a mocha. My wife says it's hot chocolate, basically. It is, it is pretty yeah. much, it's not wrong, but it's the first time that we've had energy drink as an answer, so oh. I love a bit of variety, it's always exciting. Our next question is, do you have a song that you put on in the morning to put you in a good mood, or that kind of just helps get your workday started? Look, I listen to Eminem all day, every day, <laughs> uh, no matter what song it is, but the one song that actually gets me hyped for the entire day is Till I Collapse by Eminem. It right. just gets you in the zone. You're ready to take on the day, <laughs> ready to, to knock out any obstacles in the way. Um, <laughs> just focus. Just make, I don't know what it is about that song. Yeah. Uh, the beat, the, the words he uses, just ready for a fight. That's um, awesome. He's a bit of a hype king, so I'm not surprised. Big Eminem fan. That's so cool. Following from that, um, if you could have put something in a time capsule 15 years ago to open up today, what would have been? I know you would have been actually quite young. Did you have anything that you'd like to kind of keep from that time to open now? As weird as that sounds, uh, it's more because I had a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards in high school. I was walking up the stairs. I, I fell and this bully older than me started laughing no. and saying, you know, you carry Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So I would have loved to have a pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards with me right now, open them and tell yeah. the whole world, I play with my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I watch Dragon Ball Z. Still a geek and I'm proud of it. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, that's such a cool message. But they also hold a lot of collectors like item value now, don't they? They do. They do. I would have been a millionaire. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Oh, no, that's great. I feel like I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that would have loved to have some Yu-Gi-Oh cards still stashed oh, away. Definitely. I haven't seen Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Full disclosure. <laughs> I have no idea. 
I just know that they're cards that exist because my there's, brother there's liked them. There. But I presume but the, by the way that they've put it up on Netflix is like they're trying to carry it on and make sure it doesn't yeah. just become a relic. Yeah. You never know. Yu-Gi-Oh cards might make a comeback. I think they will, to be honest. I'm, I've got a whole bunch of Dragon Ball Z t-shirts that I wear. I'm just a <laughs> massive geek when it comes to Dragon Ball Z. I mean, I'd um, say that you should probably just make the cards. It's a side gig. I should do it. For sure. I guess we'd love to know a bit more about your legal career and your journey and the work that you do. So we might start off with, I guess, why did you choose to work at MSC Legal and in your particular team or practice area? Well, I actually first started, uh, my first job was at a, a law firm in Parkville, which was a slightly bigger law firm, uh, more employees, a bigger clientele. Um, I decided to move to a suburban firm in MSC Legal more because I truly wanted to connect with members of our community. I wanted to represent yeah. ordinary citizens like, like you and I and the viewers because that's my passion. I've been doing it my whole life, attending rallies. I've been um, involved in community work, uh, associations, and I really wanted to implement that within my career instead yeah. of just working for, for a big firm. And the, the principal lawyer there as well was a good friend of mine. And I think that was a big factor in me joining MSC Legal. Yeah. I mean, I think the work that suburban law firms do is so important because not everyone has access to, you know, go to yeah. the big law firms to get their problems solved or get their businesses started up and that kind of thing. So making sure that, you know, you have quality lawyers in suburban law firms is really important. And I'm sure Definitely. the work that you do is extremely valued by the community and the way that you help them. Could you tell us a little bit about about, I guess, the work that you actually do? Mm -hmm. What kind of practice area do you yeah. operate in? Exactly. So the firm in itself, we practice in uh, family law, criminal, civil, commercial litigation, and we do some conveyancing. However, uh, my side, I do mostly the civil commercial litigation aspect, and I touch a bit on family law. Civil commercial litigation, whatever file comes in, my principal takes on the conveyancing, and he also touches on a bit of uh, the family law and, and commercial matters. Cool. I guess uh, following on from that, what is maybe kind of the difference in experience on your end, you know, working at a bigger firm but also working in, at suburban law firms? And do you maybe have a message for students to kind of maybe pay attention to the suburban law firms as a job opportunity as well? Yeah, definitely. I think with suburban firms, you gain more experience in actually connecting with clients speaking to clients firsthand whereas a bigger firms it's usually the partners and and uh the mm. managers and, and the senior people they're the ones who speak with clients and you're doing the paperwork whereas yeah. at a suburban firm you actually get first-hand experience on how to speak to clients how to real clients in to work with you how to manage files and how to be your own lawyer that there's a big difference that i feel like students these days and offered the opportunity to, to understand and to experience. They, and it's not their fault. I mean, when you're at university, you're automatically led to big firms and clerkships, and you go there and you're just doing paperwork. You're not really speaking to clients one-on-one, -on -one, learning how to bring in work, how to operate a law firm, and how to actually get things done. You're just, you're just led in that direction slowly, slowly. Yeah, no, I think it's a really important important message and I think hopefully you know discussions like this kind of help with some of the pressure that revolves around yeah. that whole clerkship process I think sometimes and quite sadly a lot of students maybe feel like if they don't nail a clerkship 
then let's say a whole mm. law degree gone for waste. And yeah. that's just, it's not true. Like there's so many other opportunities where you can be a completely successful and really in control lawyer exactly. at other law firms and other opportunities and in other areas as well. So the second last year and last year of university, mm. I applied for hundreds of clerkships and yeah. I got rejected for each every single one. It doesn't mean anything. Unfortunately, people with a multicultural background, it is a bit tough um, nowadays, especially when you're applying for those bigger firms. But there's a place out there for everyone. I might probe you a little bit more on that um, multicultural sure. aspect in terms of, you know, applying for jobs. Was that mm-hmm. like a, a struggle for you personally? How did you maybe overcome some of those difficulties? Yeah, definitely. Look, let's be honest. I mean, when you look at those bigger firms and look at their websites, um, with all due respect, it's all white people. Just uh, white lawyers, white partners, um, it, there's no real multiculturalism. And if they're advertising multiculturalism, it's just a richer quota. Uh, unfo- unfortunately, that's the truth. Um, but I decided to use multiculturalism to my advantage. So whenever I would go to an interview, whenever I would um, uh, apply for something, I would state explicitly that I come from a multicultural background. I have a diverse community behind me, and I'm able to bring in a more diverse clientele to the firm. And I eventually got accepted that at a firm, be, I, I believe, was one of, because of one of those reasons. Mm. And instead of shying away from it, I truly believe that students need to accept it, use it to move forward, use it to get what you really want. Don't shy away from who you are. Don't shy away from your identity. You are who you are for a reason. And everyone mm. has a purpose in this life. And your multiculturalism can really take you somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I think that's so such a great, great message because you know, sometimes I think multiculturalism, you know, people kind of shy away from it or they don't want to yeah. accept maybe some of the more diverse parts of their background. But mm-hmm. like you said, you know, using it and explaining to firms about, you know, the value that you can bring being diverse, exactly. I think really will help integrate that culture um, into the industry as a whole, like top to bottom. Um, I think it's only beneficial for everyone. So it's a great yeah, message can, to I, hear. I, I see it as an asset at the end of the day. Mm. Uh, we need to think of things, and you don't get taught this in university, but you need to think of things from a business perspective, a commercial perspective. Yeah. Every law firm wants more money in. What, what do you bring to the firm? You bring multiculturalism. You bring something different, something they don't have. So uh, I know a lot of people who shy away from their identity but mm. I've learned and I've succeeded from accepting it and using it to my Yeah, no, that's such a great mindset, I think, to have about it. Um, I guess going back a bit more to your work, what are some of, you know, maybe the day-to-day things that you kind of help on? Yeah, did you have some highlights or some particular work that you like when it comes across your, get, your desk or a client emails? What kind of work do you get excited about helping on? I get really excited by anything litigation-related, uh, specifically <laughs> civil commercial litigation. I just think yeah. it's a chess match. It's a game of chess. So knowing when to be on the defense, knowing when to put pressure on, knowing when to just let things slide by, when to file certain documents. It's all a game of chess to me. And I feel like um, being in that mindset really pushes me to my limit. Uh, Just recently, actually, I had a case where uh, my client was being sued. Mm -hmm. And so we were on the defense and we had a counterclaim. So what I decided to do, because 
we had a counterclaim was to put pressure, put pressure on the plaintiff to, to eventually break them. So mm. I filed a counterclaim. I filed a further and better request for further and better particulars. And I yeah. filed a notice for discovery all at once and just served all three of them on the other side. <laughs> um, so from then they had a lot of work to do. And yeah. as soon as they, they came back and told me we had nothing to discover, bam, notice of failure to make discovery. Yeah. And as soon as they came back again and said, we don't have anything, I uh, took them straight to a hearing and eventually they had to pay our costs because they didn't file an affidavit. Right. And on Friday, the lawyer filed a notice of ceasing to act. So, but it's just knowing how to go about it, when to file things, because sometimes you just need to be on the defense and just let things roll and yeah. take their time. I, I just love it. I'm so passionate. Yeah. About it. No, it definitely <laughs> sounds like a whole strategy. Do you play actual chess? I, I play it on my phone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I get taught by this doctor chess guy on the phone. There's an app. It's really cool. It teaches you exactly what to do, what maneuvers to make. Right. Um, That's cool. It's really fun. Yeah. No, I've never been able to wrap my head around around chess, but I might need to get onto that app. And Great. I mean, building from that, we'd love to know maybe a success that you've had in your career, whether that's legal stuff or whether it's personal. A success in your life maybe is a better question. Do you have a, anything yeah. to share on that? I think success is defined very differently to a lot of people. Mm. Um, I could easily say that my success was becoming a lawyer or my success was um, organizing a, a community or organizing a rally. But I think my biggest success in life is finding happiness. Yeah. It all boils down to happiness at the end of the day. And it's what students, unfortunately, don't get told is to just find happiness, find something that makes you want to wake up every morning and, and put your all into it. To me, that's the ultimate success. Yeah. Uh, people are getting taught to chase money. Don't chase money. Money will come to you regardless, as long as you're happy and willing to do what you do. And I feel like that that just makes me successful. Yeah, no, I agree. I think happiness is super, super important. And that comes in so many different forms, right, that can come from your career. Circling back a little bit, actually, to your firm, we'd love to know a little bit more about MSE Legal and how they kind mm -hmm. of work and operate. Could you tell us a little bit about, you know, the firm culture? Is it yeah, we know we hear a lot about the bigger firms and their firm culture and the things that they do yeah. to kind of keep that all going. Is that sort of still implemented in smaller suburban firms? Is that still important? And kind of how does MSE Legal do it? Look, I think MSE Legal is very unique, and I don't think, and I'm not, I'm not being biased. Um, <laughs> I think no suburban firm or big firm in the city can can compete with the work culture at MSE Legal. It's just yeah. Uh, manage your own time. Uh, uh, be happy doing what you're doing. Learn as much as you can. Uh, I think my principal invests a lot in his employees, and that's what strives to strives us to make the firm in itself better, to make it grow. And yeah. th I think that's the most important thing about the work culture, MC Legal, to just be you. Manage your own time. Do what you need to do to get things done, and just having trust in the employees and allowing the employees to grow with the firm. Mm. Uh, so I think that's what makes us different to, to any other firm. Once yeah. you work at MSC Legal, you would not want to work anywhere else. <laughs> do that. that is such a great thing to hear. I think, you know, it's really important to love where you work, and you clearly do. So that's great. Yeah. 
it mostly comes from as well um, from from your boss. Uh, mm. Your boss needs to be willing to invest in you and to put a lot into you and the firm and, and wants to make you grow. To me, at least, it makes me want to invest in MSC Legal. It makes me want to help the firm grow and become successful because my boss has trusted me. Yeah. Uh, that's how I operate. Yeah, no, it sounds like a really fun and supportive mm. environment, which is great. On the other side of, you know, one of the questions I asked you a little bit earlier, what do you think has been your biggest learning curve? Whether that, again, if that's personal or in your career, mm. what do you think has been, you know, that moment where you've learned your biggest lesson or, you know, a light bulb moment, one of those kinds of things? That's a really tough question. I know I've had a lot of uh, setbacks that made me click, go, okay. When it comes to my legal career, I wouldn't say many of those moments happen because I treat every single moment like a learning curve, whether it's success or failure. When I got my, my shoulder injury most recently, and yeah. I realized that there's always a time to relax and you always mm. need to make time to just relax and, and be with yourself and just calm down in order to, you need to take a step back to take two steps forward. So after yeah. COVID-19 hit, um, obviously the gym's closed and, and, and I was about to get married. So I wanted to get my, myself in the best shape possible. Yeah. And I ended up injuring my shoulder as soon as everything opened up. And yeah. as, as mine as it may seem to people, it, it hit me when I injured my shoulder and I said, what am I doing? I, I need to take a day a week to just focus on myself and to just really clear everything out. And I think everyone needs it for their mental health, for their physical health. Um, take a step back to take two steps forward. Yeah. Need to adopt. I know. It's, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, we talk about as law students, either through the law school or like, you know, amongst ourselves is making sure that, you know, our careers are long because we've given ourselves the ability to make them long, right, and not exactly. burn out and looking after ourselves. Because burnout is a real thing. Mm. Burning out is a real thing and you don't want to get to that point. I yeah. remember even during year 12, our teachers used to tell us that, uh, don't burn out, know when to take that hour out of your day, whether it's exercise, playing chess, Speaking of being or a coffee, <laughs> just breathe some fresh air. You need it. Your body needs it. Um, yeah. Every now and then, every now and then, you need to turn your phone off in order for the phone to operate correctly. You need to turn yourself off every now and then and just relax. Yeah. No, that's a great analogy. I think one that people could definitely relate to. From that, I mean, you've already given us so much advice from all of the stories and messages that you've shared so far. But if you could do law school again, what's one thing that you'd maybe have done differently that, you know, our audience can start doing now? I would study. Um, <laughs> I would I would study. I wasn't a big studier back in the day. Uh, I, yeah. A lot of people used to say, a lot of lawyers even used to say that everything you study at university, you're not going to use as a lawyer. Mm. I, I highly beg to differ. I, I'm going back on my notes every single day, um, yeah. in which case I can use my correspondence and my submissions, um, yeah. contract law, equity, you need everything. Study as much as you can. If there's ever a time to study, it's at university. Just absorb everything. And, yeah. and touching on that, I think at the same time, getting some experience at a law firm is important. Mm-hmm. Just learning how firm operates, um, the practicality of, of using the theory that you learn at university and implementing it while you're studying it will, will help a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it's very, very important to do that. 
Yeah, cool. Um, well, one of our kind of questions to kind of wrap up, um, you know, you've spoken about the challenges and the differences between, you know, working at a bigger law firm and a suburban law firm. What are maybe some of the skills that you think are really important for someone wanting to work in a suburban law firm? I think initiative is very, very important. And the reason I say that is because no matter where you go, so whether it's at a suburban firm or a firm in the city or a massive, massive, big international law firm, every senior partner, every lawyer wants to be able to rely on you completely to mm -hmm. the extent where they can give you a file and then just forget about it because they're too busy doing their own thing. You need to prove to the partners of the firm, to your senior, that you can be trusted enough to do this on your own. I, I truly believe, and I've learned that that is the most important quality that you can you can develop. Yeah, because that that's how that's how you start moving up slowly, slowly. Learning how to rely on yourself and making other people, other seniors, rely on you. Uh, it doesn't get talked about enough, but it's one of the secrets that you should know. Yeah, no, that's definitely a great insight. So thank you for sharing that with our audience and us. To wrap up, basically, I've thrown a lot of questions your way, but did you have any questions that, you know, maybe I've missed or that you think are really important that we should have asked that you would like to share, I guess, with the audience? I think we've covered everything, but one thing I want to touch on is don't forget where you came from. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean as successful as you become as a lawyer, you came from a community that supported you every single step of the way. I started off by uh, working with the Australian Multicultural Foundation, uh, basically being there for people who were who were affected by many mental health issues and, and radicalization back back in those days. Yeah. And I worked with my community to help them overcome that. And then I worked with the Muslim Professional Association, Victorian Arabic Social Services. Uh, I kept yeah. giving back to my community because that's where I came from. And I think as much as you give to your career, you give as much back to your community. I think it's very important. We, we only have each other at the end of the day. The more you help someone, the more you're going to get help in the future. So. No, that's a lovely, lovely way to kind of end up, to wrap up and tie up this episode. Um, I think it's a great, great message. I mean, we are only the value and the sum of all the help that we have received in our lives. Um, so giving that back and kind of, you know, helping others, even in the way that you've kind of come onto this podcast and given advice, all that kind of help just kind of exists in the world and makes it all a little exactly. bit better and nicer, which is something that we can all work towards. Mm -hmm. So, If you do need any advice, any help at all, just, just give me a message. Message me, give me a call, email me, whatever it need be. Um, I'll be there to give you as much advice as possible. And I mean that wholeheartedly. I am here to give back and I'm here to help you grow. And that's my job in giving back to you guys. And, and thank you so much to Behind the Grind Podcast for inviting me onto this. Uh, I appreciate you giving me the time to, to express who I am and how I got to where I am and... One day, if I do make my own podcast, I would love for you guys to be on it. <laughs> Thank you. No, that's so lovely. I don't know how I'd go being on the other end of the podcast. I but smash it. <laughs> Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. And I Paige and I are so, so grateful to, um, just to have people that are so willing to come on and share their life and share their advice like you and even just extending the offer to other people that are listening is very, very valuable. So thank you so much, Rashid. Anytime. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Behind the Grind. We're so thrilled to be able to bring you season two. So make sure you've subscribed to Behind the Grind on your chosen podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The links to these are in your show notes. That's all from us. Thank you again for listening in and keep an eye out for our next set of exciting guests.